Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention? I want to introduce to you in this corner of the good and the right stands a champion robed in white. His height exceeds the heavens. His weight outweighs the world. His reach reaches everywhere. His age is evermore. He is higher than the highest, greater than the great. No one could ever take his crown away. He's more mighty than the mightiest. He reigns from above. He's the all-time undisputed, undefeated champion of love. He left his hometown to enter this arena. To raise his hands in victory for you and me But an angry crowd crucified This king who wore their crown And they gladly watched the champion going down But I will never count him out For I'm a witness of the day he rose to reclaim the title, champion of love. He is higher than the highest, greater than the great. No one could ever take his crown away. Uh, he's more mighty than the mightiest. He reigns from above. He's more mighty than the mightiest He reigns from above He's the all-time undisputed Undefeated champion The all-time undisputed Undefeated champion The all-time undisputed Undefeated champion of love, of love. How many overcomers we got in the house today? Say man. How many overcomers we got in the house today? Say amen. amen. I mean, you know you ain't made it this far on your own. You just know that uh, there's been some things in your life uh, 
that uh, you know that you, you should have maybe never got through, but uh, God has allowed you uh, to get through, and you sit here on the Lord's day. The Lord woke you up and allowed you to be uh, in the house of God. We ought to praise God one more time. Amen. I appreciate uh, Kathy and Mike and uh, Jeff and just uh, everybody today uh, just uh, leading us uh, in worship before the throne uh, of Almighty God. Uh, take your Bibles this morning and uh, turn to uh, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17. Uh, we're going to read verses 40 through uh, 51. I, w- I want to put a title uh, on this uh, message today, uh, The Discipline uh, of a Champion. The Discipline uh, of a Champion. Listen, you need to understand uh, that if you don't get these first few things down in this first week, uh, I, I believe a lot of us are going to live a life of defeat. Uh, you're going to live a life of discouragement. You're going to live a life of despondency. You're going to live a life uh, where you're not going to feel much like a champion. You're not going to feel much like greater is he that is in us uh, than he uh, that is in uh, the world. And you know what? I've done made up my mind. I've done made up my mind uh, a long time ago that no matter what the devil hits me with, no matter how hard he tries, I'm going to make sure Uh, that I do all that I can do to uh, live this life uh, according uh, to God's will. And uh, certainly my my story and your story today uh, is certainly that of uh, an overcomer. It's already been uh, touched on this morning, Revelation 12, 11. Uh, It lets us know that they overcome by the blood of the Lamb uh, and the word of uh, their testimony. If you were to look up the definition of an overcomer, Uh, In one of the dictionaries that you would find, it would say some things along these lines. It would say that someone who gets better that has been through something. It would say something like this. It would say someone that has struggled, someone that has had some conflicts that they have had to defeat, that they have had to conquer, someone that has had some opposition, someone that has had some temptation, someone that has had some debilitating uh, situations, some weaknesses that they have had to gain victory over. You know, I love something that was said by Booker T. Washington. He said, success is to be measured not by the position that one has reached in life uh, as by the obstacles which they have been able to overcome. And I like that. Someone else said, strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things that you once thought you would never be able to do. You see, that's where we talk about Jesus. That's where we talk about overcoming. That's where we talk about the Lord living in and through our lives. And over these next few weeks, we we want to make the giants in life an endangered species. We want to make the giants in life an endangered species. And the way we do that is, first of all, just remembering who God is. Listen, this morning, you, 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 you may be here and, and you may be facing the giant of sickness. But you need to remember and you need to recall that God is still the great physician. This morning with inflation as it is and, and people all over in some sort of financial stress, you, you need to recall and you need to remember that our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Today you may be sitting here this morning and you may be facing the giant of darkness. 
You still need to remember that our God is truly the bright and the morning star. You, you may be sitting here this morning and you may be facing the giant of loneliness, but you need to remember and you need to recall that God is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. This morning you may be hungry, but you need to remember that God is still the bread of life. You, you may be thirsty, but you need to remember that God is still the living water. You may be down and disappointed, but you need to remember that God is still the God of comfort and power. You, you may be stressed this morning, but you need to remember that our God is still a God that can calm the storms with his peace. Amen. No matter where you are today, I'm just trying to open you up to the thought that our God is still in charge of all things. And our God can accomplish more than we can ever imagine, more than we can ever think. And so this morning, we are going to look at the discipline of a champion. And it's a very familiar story. It's a story that all of us have heard probably from the moments that we were very early on in life and church. And we would uh, hear about this little shepherd boy who would defeat this giant. And we know the giant by the name of Goliath. We know the shepherd boy by the name of David. And all sorts of stories have been formed from there. But I want us this morning to just unpack it a little bit stronger than kind of the familiarity to which we have heard it. And I want you to know today that this story applies to life, I believe, in general. Because we need to learn to defeat giants. And in order to defeat giants, you've got to have a discipline. So let's stand this morning in honor of God's word out of 1 Samuel 17. We're going to pick up reading uh, at verse 40. This is the inspired word of God. In this, this word is a power to change lives. You guys sound good. You look good. We're ready to go. Verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a script, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine, and the Philistine came on uh, and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give thy carcass of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and with spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose, and he came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted, ran toward uh, the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag. He took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in the forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone 
and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of the sheath thereof, and slew him, and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistine saw their champion was dead, they fled. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we're thankful for your word. Now, Father, we just pray that you will empower. And it's in your powerful name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's interesting that we would choose in the first week of a series like Overcomer to look at such a familiar text, to look at a story that most all of us have heard at one time or another. But I believe that if you are going to live a life as an overcomer, there's some things on a much deeper scale that this story teaches us, that has theological and doctrine implications. For I believe that this story demonstrates to us that if you are going to get what it is that God has promised you and I, that we are going to have to learn to fight. And the very first thing I want to put you into remembrance of is this, that we have to comprehend that oftentimes the greatest battles that you and I will ever fight in life, they're going to be fought in the valley. And the biggest black eye that you can ever give the devil is to give God your pain and allow God to take that pain and turn that pain into gain. I want to set the scene for this story. On, on one side, you've got this giant. This giant is, is nine feet, nine inches tall, approximately 425 pounds of solid muscle. He would have made Shaquille O'Neal look like a baby. And on the other side, you've got the man of Israel. And in the middle of this valley, it is prepared for this fight. Because you don't usually fight on the mountain, but you meet in the valley and you fight for the higher ground. And some of the greatest battles that were ever fought in the Bible, they were fought in the valley. The valley is the place that the battle takes place. Today, you may be in a valley of despair. You may be in a valley of, of poverty, a valley of depression, a valley where the enemy is attacking you in ways that you never thought he would or in ways that you never thought he could. But I've come to let you know that the valley of your problems can turn into the valley of your victory in the name of Jesus Christ. The valley is what separates the men from the boys, from the women, from the girls. The valley is where you find out what it is that you're truly made of. You find out if you really got a hold of what it is that you say that you got a hold of. When you get in the valley, there's very few options. You either fight or you're going to die. David ran toward the giant. And you may be in a valley that people before you have died just beyond your greatest battle can oftentimes be your greatest breakthrough. And Psalms 118 and 17 says this, I shall not die, but live and shall declare the works of the Lord. You see, there is a difference. There is a difference between a declaration uh, and an argument. There is a difference between a man who has an experience a man that's had an experience and a declaration is never at the mercy of a man that has an argument. You see, if you have experienced God, then nobody that argues with you can tell you anything other than what you already know. 
I mean, if you've already experienced God, you, you've got an experience, you, you've got a declaration. It doesn't matter what they're doing in D.C. It doesn't matter what your neighbor says about you going to church. It doesn't matter what people at work say about your God and my God. When you have a declaration and when you have an experience, it doesn't matter what somebody else has to argue. Because a man with an experience and a declaration never has to be at the mercy of that person who has that argument. If you've experienced God, then you don't have to argue that God's not real. If you've ever experienced being sick, but then being healed, you don't have to argue with somebody about God being a healer. You don't ever have to argue about whether or not God's real when it comes to salvation. If you've been saved and he lives within your heart, you already know who God is. You already know that the spirit of God lives on the inside of your heart. Because you've experienced it yourself. If I had a testimony service this morning, it wouldn't be a testify and it wouldn't be a testimony, but it would be a testimony. And you need to understand here in this valley, David, when he is running toward this giant Goliath, he reminds himself what he's already been through. David says, hey, I've already fought some battles along the way. They weren't battles against a giant named Goliath, but, but I've already killed a bear and I've already killed a lion and I've already been through this experience. And so I know that just like the bear went down and just like the lion went down, I am anointed and I am appointed to this valley. And I know that God will give me strength. And just as I took out the bear, just as I took out the lion, I'm fixing to take down the giant. Let me, uh, let me come and get you just for a moment. I, I know we're a little bit behind time, but I want to come and get you this way. Listen, I personally and you personally, when you have an experience, and your experience is the fact that you can make a declaration, the things that you've gone through in the past, the times that God has delivered you, the times that a check has showed up in the mail, the times that you got out of the hospital, the times that you made it through losing that loved one, the time that you were so weak, you didn't even think you'd ever make it back to church again. But here you sat this morning, not with a testimony, but you got a testimony and you don't have to listen to anybody else because you know you're an overcomer because of what God has got you through. Can you imagine little David here? He's heading for this giant, and he says, man, I know the lion fell. Man, I know the bear fell. And man, I don't know what all y'all are talking about how big this giant is, but I'm fixing to take him out. I'm fixing to take him down. Because what I want you to always remember is that your experiences in life, they make up who you are. And if you ever get to enough experiences in life, and if you ever get down long enough, or you've been kicked around long enough, or you've got enough testimony in your life, then listen, you don't have to sit around and argue with a bunch of fools. You can just leave the room. I mean, just simply declare that your God is God, that your Lord is your Lord, and hey, you can believe what you want to, baby. All I know is I felt his presence. All I know is I was crying one night and the Lord met me in bed. All I know is I shut myself up in the closet and I thought all hope was gone, but God provided me hope. All I know is I was weak and then I became strong. All I know is I was sad and then I became glad. All I know is that there is a God and that there is a Lord, and I may not be able to describe it the way I need to describe it, but I can tell you today that he is alive and well on the planet, and I met him, and that I know him. So you need to understand that 
some of the greatest battles that we ever fight are in the valley. But then you also need to understand that we have to rise to the challenge. You see, you and I, today, you can be pitiful or you can be powerful. Have you ever met somebody that's pitiful? You know, I've served in church, and, 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 and it's none of you here. All of you are strong, powerful preachers. <laughs> But I've met people in church, and, and you'll ask them how they're doing, and they'll tell you how they're doing. You ever met that? you got to be careful. I, I know I've told you this story before, but, but, but you got to be careful asking people how they're doing. And, and, and I actually kind of stopped doing that because, you know, you might get an answer. And I used to ask this one lady, and, and bless her soul, she's probably in heaven now. She was a great lady, but I would ask her how she's doing. And I'm telling you what, I wouldn't be able to get away from her for 15 minutes because it's all my butt. Oh, my shoulder, oh, my head, oh, my hand, oh, my knee, oh, my feet. Oh, my, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, when I got away from her, man, I thought I had all those things that she had, you know? <laughs> but listen, you, you get a chance to live pitifully or you get the chance to live powerfully. And today, if you got just a piece of your mind, I, I know some of y'all here, you, ain't, you from Polk County, you, you never had that great education to begin with. I understand that. Listen. And some of you would have gone crazy for Cocoa Puffs a long time ago. But you got a little bit left. You got, you got a little bit left. And what you got left, you ought to praise God for whatever it is that you got. Whatever sense you got. I mean, I mean, I mean listen, you, you, you get to live that pitiful life or you get to live that powerful life. Listen, you don't usually fight on the mountain, but you, but you, but you wind up meeting uh, in that valley and when you meet in that valley, you've got to be able to rise to that challenge. And what takes place here, um, Saul says, hey, give me a man. Give me a man. And, and David begins to respond. Today, we have Christians that oftentimes run in fear. They're afraid morning, noon, and night. And Saul says, give me this man. And, 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 and a lot of those other ones on the sidelines, the soldiers, there were probably stronger soldiers than David. There was probably more education uh, soldiers than David. But David is the one that rises up, and he, and, and he rises up to the challenge. You see, you must never have more fear of giants than you do faith in God. And you see, they had heard about Goliath. This is what's funny as well. They had heard about Goliath, but they, they haven't even really never seen him. I mean, they're on one side of the mountain. They haven't even seen how big Goliath is. Doesn't even say that. But David simply understands that he has the Lord and the Lord is his strength. And so Saul offers to the man that kills Goliath some money and a woman. Now, we don't know, but in our sanctified imagination, David may have been in on the woman. He may have been in on the bonus. I, I, I don't know that. But listen, we know one thing, that David didn't have a deflated view of Goliath, but he had an inflated view of God. You see, the Israelites and the soldiers, they were willing to hang around and talk about the fight, but they weren't going to go to the fight. And that's really one of our problems here in America. We need some men that will rise up. And David rose up to the challenge. Goliath, nine feet nine, 425 pounds. The head of Goliath's spear weighed 25 pounds. And here comes this little teenager. But he says, hey, I'm playing to win. Sometimes people today, I don't, I don't know if they still do this or not, but in Pee Wee and Little League and those leagues, they say, we don't need to keep score. Well, listen, I, I believe that if, if, if we always need to keep score. 
I, I, I believe there's something about winning, and we need to understand that winning is important. People sometimes say, hey, winning's not important at all. If it's not important, then don't keep score. But I want to tell you what, David came and he showed up to win. And the odds against him were very many. But he shows up. And there's standing Saul, who would stand head and shoulders above David. And he puts his armor on David, and David begins to put this armor on. And imagine this little boy, he's putting this armor on. He can't even see around the armor. armor. He'd be tripping over the armor and all those things. And finally, David says, hey, you keep your armor. I got to go with what I know. I got to do what I know how to do. He says, Saul, hey, you need to keep your armor. I'm going to go up against this giant with this little sling and these few little stones. Now, isn't that just like the craziest thing you'd ever imagine? I mean, you're getting ready to go to battle. You're getting ready to go to this fight. And, 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 and I, I mean, Saul would have had these big armors, these big shields, these big helmets. And David just simply says, hey, I can't use that. I can't fight in somebody else's armor. I got to do it the way God wants me to do it. And the way God wants me to do it, I got to have a sling and I got to have a few stones. Friends, I found out a long time ago, there are a lot of preachers who are hominutically and exegetically and theologically and theocratically, they're, they're probably more correct than me. But let me tell you what, friends, I've learned what made David a great overcomer. And I, I, I believe that what makes me uh, certainly an average preacher is, friend, I've learned to say it and do it the way God wants me to do. Sometimes you may not understand it. I mean, some of my Kentucky people, you understand me most every week, but some of the rest of you don't. But let me just tell you what, I've got to use what it is that God has given me. And when it comes to your experiences in the valley, and when it comes to your experiences in life, you can't fight in somebody else's armor. You can't tell somebody else something that you've never been through. I mean, I've noticed all my life, somebody starts going through divorce, and who are the experts at divorce? It's the happily married people that want to give you advice. You know what I'm saying? They've been married 50 years. They want to give you advice about divorce. And they ain't never been there. So they can't give you no advice to that. So you really ought to not listen to them. You want to listen to somebody who's been through divorce, you better probably talk to somebody who's been through divorce. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who's had financial problems? You don't go consult somebody rich. You need to consult somebody that's uh, had some financial problems. I mean, somebody that's never been sick and they're healthy all the time. They don't take cholesterol medication, no diabetes, no high blood sugar. I mean, you don't want to talk to those people anyway because you'll want to beat them up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But the people that make you feel better are people that's got some of the same things you got going on. And when you talk to those people, they have the same experiences in life. And we need to understand today, you can't fight with what the preacher says, but you got to fight with what it is that you know. And what, what it is that I'm trying to say here and what it is that I'm trying to communicate is, is when you've experienced the hand of God and you know God on your personal level, See, I, I, I believe a lot of people, they, they probably know more than you and I uh, and most of us in this room put together, but they know it in here. They don't know it in here. And see, you got to get to a place where you know God in here and you realize who God is and you realize just enough in your experiences in life, like maybe it was the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or the early 2000s, you don't know that God has done showed up. I told him in the first service that I'm probably going to tell you some places throughout this entire message, but friend, I should not even be in the ring today. The devil done had me down, done hit me as hard as I could ever be hit. But friends, I got back up, not in my own power, but I got back up because of the power of Almighty God. I showed up today, not in my own power. I don't preach in my own power. I don't say 
doing things in my own power, but today I am empowered by the invisible Holy Spirit of Almighty God. And today, friends, I didn't show up to give you a good sermon. I showed up to tell you by experience, I have seen the hand of God. I have felt the hand of God. I have experienced His presence. And in a time of weakness, you can get through whatever it is that you are going through because of Almighty God. That ain't some preacher talk today. Of ever, they got every living family member still left on the planet. They've got great grandmas and grandmas and everybody else, and they ain't never been through nothing. I'm telling you, God will show up for you if you will realize that the greatest battles are in the valley, and if you will realize that sometimes you've got to make a stand. And if you missed everything else, hear this. We have to understand in this life that ultimately the battle's not ours, but the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. It says in that verse 47, you shall know that the Lord saves because the battle is his. When you come out of whatever it is that you're going to go through, they are all going to know that God delivered you. I've been an underdog most of my life and I understand what it means to be an underdog. But God is able to take you from being an underdog to being an overcomer. God is able to take you from the bottom and put you on top. God is able to take shepherd boys and make them giant killers. And God is able to make a giant killer a king. You see, you may be an underdog here this morning, but God loves underdogs. And David went into this valley aware of who he was fighting. But notice what David said. David said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. Fight for everything that God has for you. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? You know, Goliath made at least, at least, Three mistakes on that morning that he fought David. First of all, he should have slept in that day and stayed in bed. <laughs> he probably should have worn a helmet with a visor. And he certainly underestimated an underdog. Friends, today I don't know all of your stories and you certainly don't know all of my story. But the discipline of a champion, you, you, you have to realize that in the valleys is where you're going to grow your faith. You're going to grow in your walk with God. Because in that valley, in the midst of that struggle, in the midst of those confusing, disappointing, trying times, in the valley when you're surrounded by darkness... It won't be you or some book that you pick up or some internet thing that you can grab over the internet, but you'll, you'll find God. And that's why when you're in the valley, you don't run away from God. You always need to run to God. And you need to understand that it's not about where you've been, but it's about where it is that you're going. It's not about falling down, but it's about getting up. And you need to understand that in that valley, you will learn some things about God that you never would know had it not been for the valley itself. And then you need to stand up and you need to rise. 
In all of our lives today, it's interesting. A lot of people get all out of whack and fearful on a lot of different things. But sometimes you need to learn on your past experiences. You need to lean on what God has got you through. Anybody here, God's got you through some things. I mean, I mean, I believe today when we get to this sixth week and we get to see all of these things that God has done, it's going to be a blessing of God. I mean, let me just close. I'll, I'll close a different way. This morning, we, we had a lady from our homeless ministry. She probably, she probably pushed the, the envelope of worship some degrees. She was kind of up here and she was kind of dancing around and she was a little bit out of her mind. Matter of fact, she didn't even stay necessarily for the service. Believe it or not, you don't always have to stay for the service to get saved. You know what I'm saying? She just called a bit of the service, and she was pushing, pushing out. I mean, I don't, I don't think she was doing anything irreverently, but uh, it was different. And anyway, she came up at the end with big tears in her eyes, and she had talked about her crack addiction. She talked about her drug addictions, how she was fighting on and off to get off drugs and stuff. And she says, you know, uh, I need Jesus. And um, she said the sinner's prayer, and um, she got baptized, and, and we'll just have to trust that over to God. But I, but I told you all that to say this, that you, you don't never know that people sitting around you, what it is that they're going through, what it is that they've been through. And then we had one of our gentlemen over here, I, don't even, I know his name, but I'm not going to tell you who he was. He, he jumped up and said, Dave, can I have the microphone? He said, hey, and it's kind of funny, I, I love people sometimes that they get involved and just kind of come alongside of me, and I didn't even ask them to come alongside of me, and Jeff jerked the mic for me today and everything else, and so I kind of got left out. <laughs> but this gentleman said, hey, I went on a mission trip, and one of the most powerful services I ever had was he said, we didn't have any roof over our head, all was dirt and ground, chickens running around everywhere, dogs running up and down the aisle. And people were dancing all over the place, and God was moving. Amen. And he told a little bit more to that story. And that'd be, that'd be kind of ironic to some of us today, because if chickens was in the house, you'd, you, it would probably bother you, or if dogs were running around, you'd be, you know, you'd be bothered by that. But listen, if you ever go on a mission trip, it's not, it's not as clean as it is here. And they don't have air conditioning, and everything's nice as it is here. And I just said all of that to just simply say this. We live in a world where people have extreme experiences and people are going through things that are far off the beaten path of what you and I know. Far off the beaten path of what you and I know. And sometimes we've got to give flexibility to what it is that God wants to do or how it is that God wants to do it. And I think God sometimes tries our church in lots of areas. And I mean, believe me, I mean, believe me, I mean, I, I mean if, it, if, it, if it steps over the line, we'll, we'll make sure we put it back in line. But when we give it over to God, we learn that the devil will try to beat us all that he possibly can. But sometimes you never know, you never know what that other person's going through. And so today, I would just simply say to you, today if you're here and you're lost and you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this altar's open and you can be saved. You need to join this church or rededicate your life. The one thing that I stand assured this morning of that I can certainly relay it to you and that's that our God is real, and that we, we, we strive in a church where God is real. That, man, we're not just simply going through the motions of church, but, man, we're, we're learning things. We learn things. I learned things this morning that I, 
you, you know, that just pushed me a little bit, but then we just let God be God and God kind of has his way. And I'm sure Andy learned more than me because he was telling me uh, some of the things that were going on. But listen, listen, I don't always know how God wants to do it. You, if you look at the Bible and if you have any sense of humor at all, especially when it comes to the New Testament, you will see some wild things. I mean, just wild things. I mean, can you imagine, you know, pigs hitting the water and demons flying and I mean, some of this stuff in the Bible, if you're following Jesus, man, it, it ain't a bunch of, you know, just, just lining up and everybody's got it all together. But, I mean, it's a pretty, some pretty wild stuff there. Today, I want you to know you are an overcomer. And the Lord loves you and he cares for you. And no matter what it is that you've been through, friend, you are overcoming it. And you are getting through. Let's stand. Let's pray.